Hi, and welcome to That's Myrony podcast. My name's Alicia, along with my co-host Todd, and we're going to explore what exactly is Myrony. Well, Myrony, or my irony, are those crazy coincidences that happen in life that you just can't explain. It's also another word for sign or synchronicity. We've all experienced these throughout our lives, but what if you started paying closer attention to your Myronies? What if you started connecting the dots, or as we like to say, follow the spiritual breadcrumbs that could have an impact so big it changes your life forever, not to mention the lives of others. Now, that's Myrony. Thank you all for joining That's Myrony podcast today. We've got Erica and Dakota, uh, family of, or at least one of them, friends of family of Alicia here. I am not privy to any of the information that's going to be said today, which is the way we like it, because that way we can dive a little deeper and ask questions for the very first time. Hopefully catch them off guard a little bit, right? Absolutely. Uh, as part of our, what do we call it? September Soulmates? Soulmate September. See, how we get it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. September series. There you so, go. There yeah, you go. so we are right in the so middle wanna, of that. And we want to welcome Erica and Dakota. So thank you both for uh, coming on today's uh, show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, so excited about this. So, so we actually have just decided, what, it was just last week, that's like whoever introduces is the one that has absolutely no idea what's going on. So you're going to hear Todd a lot in the beginning. but <laughs> I like it. I, I like it this way, actually. So how I met Erica was a, uh, a family member who I've actually spoken about in episode one, who was the one that got me out to California and was also the one that I saw the movie Wild with. So if any of our listeners haven't heard that one, go back to episode one. But I happened to be out on the East Coast with the same family member and we somehow ended up in Colorado. Still trying to figure out how we ended up in Colorado. I remember, you know, uh, she was working with you, Erica, and I was kind of just there. And so we were there for a couple of days. And I will say, I felt this immediate connection to you, Erica. I really did. And I felt this soul connection. But what was really interesting is that in addition to that soul connection, you were going through some interesting times. And... Um, some, some dark times. And throughout the years, I just knew to always try to reach out. And I also introduced her to Brian Weiss because that's what I do. You know? Ah, me too. <laughs> I was introduced to Brian Weiss by Alicia. <laughs> yes. Huh? We share that in common then. Yes, yes. I seem to do that a lot because I just felt like I, I just always knew to keep in, try to keep in touch with you. But then when Myrony, when we were launching Myrony, you tagged um squire rushno and you'll have to explain a little bit about that because that's really interesting but then we just kind of reconnected and um then heard their beautiful soulmate story of her and dakota and so it's uh it's kind of a modern twist because they met online but in a very funny way so erica and dakota Thank yeah, you again so, for being here, and we want to hear all about it. <laughs> I, it's actually, I want to go back and talk about what you said about Squire, so, because that's, you know, kind of pertinent to the 
yeah. the show itself. But, it, sa- um, it sounds like royalty. Like, I know. She's got a squire? No, his name is Squire. Oh, oh, the person's name is Squire. Squire oh. Rushnell. Now hear about this, this gentleman. So Squire Rushnell, it's capital S, capital Q-U-I-R-E. And Squire was with ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. That's where he kind of started out his career. And I don't know if he started there, but he was there for a while. And he was the guy that came up with the idea for Schoolhouse Rock. He was not only the producer of the show, the creator of the show, but he was the guy that wrote the song, Conjunction Junction, What's Your Function? Wow. So so when Squire leaves ABC, he goes on and he writes this series of books that kind of cover all these experiences he's had in his life. And they're called Godwings. So he came up with this, this idea that when something happens and, and it's unexpected or it, it fits right in your path, that that's a God wink. So you want to follow it. And that became a series that now has become, there's a movies on Lifetime, like a God winks Christmas that you can go watch. And God wink is basically a myrony. Well, and wow, that's same guy God, did all that. God, I can't do it. Where's my winky face? That's God wink. That's, that's literally <laughs> representing that's God winking. So that's God awesome. wink. Does, that was hard to do with that screen, but yeah. <laughs> does anybody know? Does anybody here, the four of us, know when Schoolhouse Rock went off the air? Because I don't know that it's still on. Is it? Was it a PBS thing, or or was it ABC? It's ABC American. It Martin. was ABC because yeah. I remember seeing it every Saturday morning as a kid, and that's kind of dating things here a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I just I turn double nickels tomorrow, so yes, that's right. It's your birthday. Yeah. Almost happy birthday. So that'll give listeners an idea when I was, you know. I don't even know what age, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, all those years where I was listening to Schoolhouse Rock. And, and by the way, just, you know, just to be clear here, I was horrible at, at English and graduated high school hating English. So I don't know that it really did much for me with the prepositions and the conjunction junction, but I enjoyed the show. So that's my little disclaimer. Anyway, yeah, but I love that we have a God wink and we're talking about the, the creator of God winks. That's pretty cool, right? <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. And then how did you become connected to him? Oh, so I can't even remember how I met Squire, um, but I met him through some, someone in tech, someone in social media. And then later I was talking to my friend Marla Schulman and I was saying something about Squire and it turned out that like 20 years before she'd worked with Squire at ABC and they reconnected because of me. So that was this really awesome thing. Yeah, they had it. She's like, Squire Rush now? It's like, yeah, he's one of my Facebook friends. We met through such and such. And she's like, I worked with him, you know, 20 years ago at ABC. And so sure enough, they connected and have been hanging out ever since. Oh, my goodness. That's crazy. Well, how old is he about? I mean, you don't have to say his age or anything, but what are we talking? 75 or so. Yeah, okay. Okay. Wow. Wow. I think we have to get, we have to see if he'll do a podcast episode with you and him and all of us. Like that would be fun. Anyway, that is really cool. Well, now we also want to hear how you two met. That's right. It is September Soulmates yes. series. Soulmate September. Oh yeah, there you go. We're just changing it to September Soulmates, <laughs> but that just sounds like they met in September, so that's oh, why that's it's Soulmate true. September. But anyway, enough about us. The Soulmates story that we're here to listen to. Well, um, I'm gonna, I'll talk a little and I'll let Dakota say some things about it, but it, it's interesting because we kind of have a. Um, it's a funny story. I, I, <laughs> I hope so. That's why you guys are here. <laughs> Don't be hiding anything. 
Well, I was, um, I was going through a lot. I had met this man that I'd fallen madly in love with. And over the course of time, it, it turned out that he had a, a pretty serious addiction problem. And he, at some point I just couldn't do it. I was basically spending every day getting up four hours early and making sure that he got to work and that he didn't lose his $100,000 a year coding job. He, he was a Java coder for um, a government organization. And so I was waking up early to make sure get him out the door and all these things. And over time, it became so much for me that I felt like I was dying. Mm. Um, I felt like trying to keep him alive was starting to kill me. So I finally got to the point where I kicked him out. And after I kicked him out, I was miserable. I went through something that uh, I later learned was called complicated grief. In normal grief, you go through these like five stages, right? And so there's, you know, denial and bargaining and, you know, all the way to acceptance. Yeah. With complicated grief, uh, different kinds of complicated grief, there's anticipatory grief and there's ambiguous grief. And anticipatory grief is grieving the loss of someone who's not yet dead or not completely gone. Like if someone had dementia, for instance. Okay. And um, ambiguous grief is like kind of like grieving, grieving for something you're not even sure what you're grieving for. So you never fully go through the cycles. So I started counting days, like literally was counting days since I had seen this man. I haven't seen him one day, two days, got to like 118 days. And I finally kind of ran into him and it was like in this really weird way. And that led to a huge fight. And after this huge fight, and by by the way, during this time, he'd spent the last four months getting clean and doing a really good job of it. And so during that time, I was like, after the fight, I'd had enough. And I said, I have to move on in my life, but I wasn't ready to fall in love. And so I went on Tinder and I decided to go for a date. I need to go on a date and maybe that would help. And that first person that I dated was Dakota. It was my, my first date with him. And so, well, Dakota will tell you, how did, how did we meet? How did you? Wait, I have to ask, how long were you on Tinder? I mean, okay. Cause I mean, I know the online dating thing. You don't because you've been with your soulmate for so long, but the online dating thing, like how many times did you swipe, you know, swipe right (laughs) or, or, you know, (laughs) before you guys actually connected? I was kind of a prolific dater, Uh but at this point in time, I couldn't connect emotionally to anybody. So we date once. We have this kind of small date that we have that, that we date for a little while. And then we don't date again for many, many months. And then we reconnect. So, but oh, wow. I'll tell you how he ended up choosing me on Tinder. Cause yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and, how, and, and real quick, how long were you on Tinder before D- Dakota connected with you? Oh, just uh, probably just a couple days at that point. Oh. Okay. That's oh. what, yeah, I was okay. wondering like how many times or, you know, Interesting. yeah, that's kind of amazing. Now I can't so, wait to hear Dakota's side. I know. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I uh, had never really done the tender thing before um, and <clears throat> I'd gone through a divorce, but my ex and I um, were still friends and so she actually uh, picked Erica out. His ex-wife. Yeah. Really? <laughs> See, that's the part I knew that you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not his type. Okay. He's not my type. <laughs> Do you look anything, does Erica look anything like your ex-wife? No. Does she know. does she act anything like your ex-wife? No. Wow. Does she have any any um, hobbies or habits uh, that uh, like your ex-wife? Some, yeah. Um, really? You know, I would say. 
I mean, it's uh, got to be some similarity. Yeah, I'll leave it at some. You know, I think that um, I think in one way, it's in one way in which they're uh, similar. At least um, my ex-wife, at, at one point in her life, was very similar. Is a very creative and kind of like, oh, let's try this or let's try that or let's go do this or let's go do that. And that was something because um, we were married for for almost well, we were together almost sixteen years. So wow. Um, so in the, you know when we were younger, um, that she was a lot more like that in terms of let's let's try this, and I'd be kind of like, um, you know, that doesn't seem practical kind of thing, right? So, and, and it's interesting, kind of the dynamics in that. Um, when I was first together, so I I don't know if I mentioned before, but uh, I was married for almost sixteen years, um, or together for almost sixteen years, and raised three kids um, together, neither of which were ours together right so um the boys were two when when we met and um and my daughter was six so the kids are now 21 and 18 two boys are 18 stepbrothers. twin boys that are yours no no they're stepbrothers. one's hers and one's mine oh okay so um but in fact my daughter will be 22 um in about a month a little over a month so yeah. um cool. but but in the beginning, um, yeah, there was a lot of creativity and kind of let's try this or let's try that. And I think that's the similarity that I was really referring to with Erica in that there's kind of, you know, I can tend to be at times or have been because uh, my life, and this is a little bit of what um, Spirit Warriors is about, which I know we haven't talked about yet when we get into, but a project that I've been working on, and that is... Um, there, there was this sense of confusing duty and obligation with, with love and, and freedom. And so, you know, always having been responsible since I was really young, um, from the time I was 12, really, to help put groceries on the table, to getting married at 18 the first time, to getting married at 27 or 28 the next time, right? And having had kids for a good portion of that time, I, I tended to be kind of very curmudgeonly. Um, yet, in the beginning of my life, I had this grand idea of adventure. So that's a long answer to the question, but the similarities there that I, that I see in Erica are uh, that sense of creativity and, and willing to think outside the box. Awesome. That's incredible, actually. Yeah, that is incredible. But I still want to know how your ex-wife picked Erica. Because that's, first off, why are you and your ex-wife looking at Tinder together? And how... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was it was it uh, Dakota asking the ex-wife, "I need help," or was it the wife going, "You need help," <laughs> <laughs> or neither? It could be neither. You know, um, she had. Uh, I I kind of was hesitant around the whole dating thing, quite frankly. Um, and for her, um, she she had this tendency to. Uh, I don't know, just, just be able to spend time with, with other people. And for me, that, that just was, it was a challenge. And I think, um, I think that, you know, it boiled down to me kind of not really wanting to date people I already knew mm -hmm. um, or that we knew um, necessarily. So, um, so to me, there was a lot less risk, I think, in the whole uh, tender concept. And so, yeah, that's really, that's really how it happened. We, we owned a business together as well. So we, we were worked together a lot. And so there was, you know, there was a lot of time that we spent together, but. Sure. sure. And you guys, um, I mean, Erica, I'm trying to remember where are you, where are you from originally? 
Me? Yeah. I was born in upstate New York, but I grew up in Texas. Okay. And then you ended up in Colorado. And Dakota, did you always live in Colorado or? No, um, I was born in Texas and uh, raised. Wait, in- what? Interesting. <laughs> There's another part of that story that's actually interesting that will have that's kind of some some synchronicity, but. Come on, I, you got to use the word, myrony. <laughs> Myronistic event. Myronistic. Instead of synchronistic, it's myronistic. Well, it helps other people, though. They could put synchronicity yes. and, and myronies together. Well, so, if you're on the show, you've got to at least say myrony. No, <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, but I was born in Texas, um, but I, I, or yeah, raised in Kansas. Um, on a farm. Yeah. In the oh, wow. Uh, and then... I came out here um, pretty much at 18, I guess 19, um, but so I've been out here since 96 okay. in Colorado. In Colorado, what part of Colorado are we at? Uh, Northern Colorado, Fort Collins. Oh, Fort Collins, okay. Yeah, we looked at that college for my boys, mm-hmm. CSU. Oh, CSU is a great it's beautiful place. college. Yeah. yeah. Where's Fort Collins in relationship to Boulder? It's about an hour north of Boulder. Oh, okay, because I met Erica in Boulder when I was- Oh, okay. That's beautiful. Yeah, they're town. pretty close. Yeah, that's okay. a beautiful town. Cool, cool. I love that place. So, okay, so we're getting back to how your ex-wife chose Erica. So you guys somehow are looking at Tinder together. Yeah, she's just going by the face. Oh, well, Erica looks cute. Or is she reading the whole bio? You're going, oh, you got to be. Well, girl. no, you don't have a bio on Tinder. See, oh, you don't? See, I don't know. See, you don't even know. It's <laughs> literally. It's a short bio. It is a bio, though. Okay. Oh, they do so, have a bio. Okay, I guess I was on. You got to start reading them. <laughs> I don't remember there ever being a bio. Maybe it was a long. I remember it just being a picture, and it was either like swipe left, swipe right, and that was it. But maybe I that's guess when maybe it there first was came out. Yeah, well, that was a long time ago. But <laughs> anyway, so there's a bio. Okay, cool. And actually, like I think Dakota was like, she's not really my type. I wasn't his um, type at all. He was looking at the pictures, going, "Yeah, no, not really my type." And she's like, "You should go out with her." <laughs> See, right there, to me, right there. Yeah, this is that, getting more and more there's, interesting. There's a, yeah, there's a, a dot connection there, because, which is what I like to do for the audience. Because sometimes we just kind of gloss over these. Yeah. Oh, you, yeah, you should, you should try her out. And it's like, he's, well, well, in essence, if she's not there, if the ex-wife isn't there at that moment, I don't know, you guys at the office looking at the computer at the time or at work together? You're in a car. You're in a car? Uh, in- we've been at a real estate closing. And- like okay, okay. Yeah. So you think about it, the the synchronicity, as you say, or in this case, myronistic event to take place is the ex-wife had to be there Mm -hmm. to prompt him and push him to contact Erica. So something inside her, there was a knowing Mm -hmm. and and she had to push to make that happen. And and a lot of us need that kind of push throughout life in, in various events. It could just be going to eat at a restaurant and bam, you meet somebody. Right. Right. Uh, well, we're calling myrony synchronicity and emotion. Yeah. So we call it a sim. A sim, yes. <laughs> and so that now, and, and it's cool to point that out. So we just don't gloss over the fact that they're in a car ride looking at it, and she says, You should contact this person. Well, and That's even, a big deal. even from the different dating apps, because I did do the online dating thing for a little bit. And Tinder is interesting because you only have is, I mean, you have like one option. You either swipe left or swipe right. And, then and you have to like make that decision almost like then. Are or you going to swipe left or swipe? Yeah, it's kind of oh weird. 
Oh, they're, they're gone? gone. It's like, it's not like the other ones. You can't ones. go back. I can swipe 20 of them, go back not and find Erica. Pay, not unless you pay for the service. Oh, I did. Okay. Okay. Well, Jeez, see, I that's even, I paid for that's, services that's even more important to, to, to drill down on. Yeah. Because at this moment, at that time, without that other party there, it could not have happened in that way. It might've happened in a different way, somebody else, et cetera, et cetera, because things can happen differently. But uh, no, that, that's a big dot. That's a Divine big design dot was connection. definitely in line connecting you guys. So how then, <laughs> how then do you connect? Do you push the button and say, uh, hi, it's, it's Dakota, I wanna meet you. Is that how it works or are you able to text? We both have to swipe right. Oh yeah, that's the Yeah, you both have to. That's what's actually cool about it, is that you both have to have that sort of attraction that you want to actually connect. So you can't get creepy people just being like, "Ooh, I like you, I like you." You know, if you don't like them, so yeah, it gets even. So all right, so someone's got to go first, and so you're notified that this other party is no, is looking at you. You're not notified until you both are a match. Yeah. So he's got to swipe right. And then at some point in time, I swipe right. And when I swipe right on him, it says it's a match or whatever. Oh. And I think I, I don't remember if it said it was a match right away. I think it did. I don't remember though, but he wasn't. Oh, my interesting. He wasn't your, okay. So he wasn't your. He wasn't your type. So, I so, love that face. So, and, and, I like, I like short Jewish men that are chunky. <laughs> And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You don't, want the Brad, yeah, you don't want the Brad Pitt lookalike, but you would rather yeah, have short I, I just want here. So all of a sudden, she, does, she doesn't like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. She doesn't like Brad Pitt movies, I'm thinking. Or does she? Subconsciously, she really likes Brad Pitt movies. I'm like, wait a minute. Is this Brad Pitt? And I'm using a fake name on Tinder because it didn't work out with Angelina? I mean. It's, it's, it's funny because I only swiped on him because I didn't. I knew I wasn't able to bond or attach to people because I was, I was still in love with this other man that had this addiction problem. And I didn't want to date people that I might really be interested in. That was the, uh, the thing. You were self-sabotaging. Yeah. yeah. Look how that, how that works for you. <laughs> I was like, there's, there's, this is not my type. I don't have to worry about it. I'm just going to well, go on a date just for fun, to, to occupy myself, to keep myself busy. And wow. it turned yeah. out on and our very first date. Yeah, on our very first date, we go to, to lunch. And we actually went to lunch at this restaurant that my friend Wade has. So he meets Wade on the first, on the first time, the zeal. And then after lunch, we're walking around town. And he kisses me at some point. So we're kind of kissing all over town. And at some point, <laughs> we're standing at the corner of Walnut and, and, um, Walnut and is it Broadway. Walnut and Broadway in Boulder, Colorado. And he's kissing me. And I turn around and there's the guy that I'm in love with on his bike. <gasps> and that's the last time I ever see him alive. Oh. Because he ends up after that, he'd been four months sober. He sees us kissing. He falls off the wagon. He goes back into, um, he was doing heroin oh. and he ends up um, a few months later overdosing on heroin. Oh, wow. Oh my God. Oh, wow. That's Wow. But throughout this, we, we date, we date for just like a couple months, maybe. Yeah. And it's not I mean, even really serious. Right. That, yeah. That's the interesting thing. Um, we really, that, that was a brief, fairly brief kind of interaction on some level. I mean, we, we've stayed in contact, you know, but like texting or calling her, I remember her, um, her going, uh, trying to find him, um, because she knew he was out somewhere, right? And trying to make sure that he was okay. 
and um, I'd offered to come down and, um, you know, help her look for him and stuff. So, but I mean, there was a lot that I was going through during that time as well, um, because there was, there were still some challenges in my own, you know, previous marriage and um, a lot of struggle and pain. So I think that, you know, uh, it's so funny because you, you, you get this story sometimes, you're like, oh my gosh, they met at this thing and, you know, whatever it is, the Bermuda Triangle, right? And it was love at first sight and then they spend the rest of their life together, right? But sometimes I think that these things in life take place in the midst of really challenging circumstances and really dark and painful circumstances in which things you wouldn't expect to take place at all, given the circumstances and the context, uh, end up happening anyway. And, and, and to me, and from my experience in this, has been the bigger God story, if you will. Yeah. Because given to my own kind of, you know, devices, if you will, or my own path that I had in my head, and, and probably for Erica too, that was never going to happen right that that was not a thing in which it was like oh this is this is what's supposed to be right uh-huh. but but things take place in life um in which there's kind of this inevitable um beginning if you're going to say inevitable ending but an inevitable uh thing that happens in which you come together and and then you start to realize wait this is bigger than your normal kind of romantic relationship. This is bigger than like, oh, two people fall in love happily ever after. This is a this is a God type uh, um, movement in yeah. which um, there needs to be a lot of surrender in order for things to even happen. Right. Exactly. Well said, Dakota. I know, well so well said. And we we reference Dr. Brian Weiss's books a lot on this podcast. And one specifically is Only Love is Real. And that, um, Erica, you and I have a similar story in that we had tortured soulmates. And one of mine, he also died a couple years back. Question was, was it, uh, was it suicide or he died of alcohol poisoning? And he was one of those people I had to let go also. And just because I knew it, that it was just, even though there was that love, had to let him go. And, you know, it's just, um, but there was an interesting thing in this Only Love is Real book where it talks about the different levels of soulmates. You know, we can have soulmates in family and in friends. And then we have our soulmates where, you know, we grow and we, um, we, we create these beautiful lives together for however long they are. And then there's the ones that are supposed to, you know, help us learn lessons from. And then there's ones that are literally meant to see if they're going to sabotage your life and you know, <laughs> go down, go down that dark road. Because it's funny, the irony is, is that how I got out to California is I was connected totally by chance. And it was one of those chance meetings. Um, it was about an hour away from where I was living. I met this guy and he ended up having a heroin addiction. And that was a three month, uh, yeah, roller coaster. And the family member that I now met Erica through is the one that saw me with this guy and was like, you need to move to California. And that's how I got, and that's how we're sitting here doing this podcast. So I'm actually yeah. grateful for- Myronistic events? For, well, myronistic events, but just going through that- Going through hell sometimes. Well, 
<laughs> yeah. You've had your fair share, yeah. I've had my fair share, yeah. yeah. But I'm grateful for all of it. Yeah. And I'm truly grateful for that experience. I mean, because it I had overcome prescription drug addiction because of pain. And Oxycontin is the equivalent of heroin. They actually call heroin uh, poor man's oxys. So like I was doing my best, but I mean, I pawned jewelry. I, I mean, I spent thousands of dollars trying to help them, but I, you know, nothing was going to help them, you know, right. and this wasn't the one that died. This wasn't, this was another one, but you know, it's just like, sometimes, you know, we, we are brought together for a reason and then we have free will as to what we're going to do about it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so it's like you guys, obviously God, brought you guys together, wanted you together, and now here you are, and we're going to get to hear even more of what they've been creating together. Well, and, and this is extremely important for listeners to grasp and truly understand, uh, which is why we created the show, is because you've got Dakota who, who wanted to meet somebody different, didn't want anybody in his sphere of influence or people that he knows because it's safer, right? Uh, his words, I'm paraphrasing. And then you got Erica who's who, who moved out or she kicked the guy out, one of the two, but she moved out, broke up with this guy and, and, and she doesn't really want to date anybody, but they kind of do. There's some bigger energy that's pulling, even though you know, intellectually mm -hmm. from the ego standpoint or the, the conscious mind standpoint, you're, you're fighting this, but subconsciously, soul-wise, God-wise, whatever you want to use, there is something happening. And if you pay really attention to this story, you can see it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it actually gets better. Oh, oh my yay! God. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad I just kind of recapped that so we can go into part two of this. So, so, we, so we end up um, dating for this short time and then we stop dating. And then I keep dating other people and I for months and months and months. And then in March of that following year, um, Brian kills himself. This is the guy that I was very much in love with. And for the first time, I talked about grief earlier. For the first time, I could actually mourn something and start to process because before I couldn't process. So I couldn't really connect to anybody else because in my mind, the only future I had was this future with this person that I couldn't have. That was exactly what I went through with my ex-husband. It took me 10 years. And I talked about this in my, in episode one, it took me 10 years to finally release him. And it was like, it was worse than a death because I couldn't, it, it's exactly, I had no idea there was a word for it. What's it oh, yeah. called again? What type of grief? Com complicated grief. Yeah, it was very and complicated. It's, <laughs> you know, it's one of the hardest things you'll ever go through. And then in, um, in May of that year, um, Dakota reached back out to me out of the blue. And I almost knew he was going to. It was the weirdest thing. It's like I Aww. knew there was a message waiting for me. And I pull up Facebook Messenger and there's this message from Dakota. And he says, what have you been up to? And we're kind of, he's like, I'm really sorry about Brian. I'm sorry that that happened. And I'm, I'm, I know you're probably in a lot of pain. And what are you doing? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to, it was a Saturday. And I go, well, I'm going to go to church tomorrow. And he goes, can I come with you? And so uh -huh. he's like, he's confused by that. But no, that happened. Yeah. So the next morning we actually went to church together. Do you know what date that was? Yeah, it was uh, May 19th, I believe, of, um, of, that, of, that, of that area. And the funny thing is that um, we always say that, that was like our first real official date because mm -hmm. after that is when we start dating exclusively. Um, and again, both of us kind of went into that date like, 
uh, we don't want anything serious. Let's just go hang out and have some fun. And let's not be, let's put, not put any labels on it. And let's not do anything within a week. We're like exclusively dating. Um, but I don't know, I guess I get to hear your side of that. I don't know. Well, it, it reminds me of who we had on last week. What was it uh, Amy and Kurt? Yeah, Amy and Kurt. Where yeah. the, the, this couple, soulmates, went to a bar. She was going to a bar for a different reason to meet her friends. He was going there just to blow off steam. And, and neither of them wanted to meet anybody or talk to another human, right? Just your own personal friends. It was just alone me time. And that lasted about 10 minutes. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, it was funny because other. her friends were running late and his friends, yeah. he got there early before his friends. So it right. was like just this perfect timing. And it's like, and it, it comes back down to Erica and Dakota where, I mean, Tinder, again, you don't have an option. Like it's one person. You've got to make a choice. That's yeah. what's really interesting. Yeah. And looking at all those, as you say, dots, connecting like how that happened. Right. Right. Well, so, and even even as we date, we date for like a year and the whole time Dakota's like, and I was saying the same thing in the very beginning. I was like, I never want to get married. He'd already been married twice. He's like, I'm never getting married again. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm done with marriage. I'm done with all of this. And I remember that I, I knew for a fact that if we broke up, that I would just, we would never speak again. There would not be anything between us. And I, I, I knew this. I was, I was certain of it. It was a message from God for me. Mm -hmm. that if we ever were to split up, it was for good. And that I would need to walk away for, for, from it forever. And so we do date for a while. And then we end up uh, after about almost a year of dating, um, Dakota breaks up with me. Um, we both had tried to break up with each other back and forth and we just could never do it. And he'd never broken up with anyone in his entire life ever. And so I was the first person he ever broke up with and he broke up with me. And the minute he broke up with me, I cut all ties because that was the message I was given, like just completely let it go. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, if, if, Dakota, if Dakota can walk away from me, then he is not the person that God intends for my life. And that is okay. And I was okay that whole time. I was so okay that my friends were concerned about me. I was so okay that my friends thought that I was going to have a nervous breakdown because I was like, just totally all right. I just kind of moved forward and moved on. And I had had a message from God that the only way I could ever get back together with Dakota was if he asked me to marry him. And I knew for a fact he would never do that. And so I never told anyone that, never told a soul. And I didn't have any hope because I knew that there was no hope that that was ever going to happen. And eight days after he broke up with me, he asked me to marry him. Oh my God. He said because God told him that he should do it. And I knew it was a message from God only because I had never told anyone. Okay, that's a goosebump moment. I me. just got such goosebumps. I'm like, oh. Dakota, how did you get this message, if I may ask? Yeah, well, you know, I spent most of my adult life married um, at 18, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was a real strong pull for me to, to spend time on my own and to not really be in that kind of a dynamic because I really hadn't ever not been in that kind of a dynamic for any real period of time, you know, um, and, and, I, and, and I honestly wasn't really even completely over my last relationship, really by any stretch of the imagination, even when we started dating. So, um, you know, that you were talking about that 10 years to, to, to process, right? And, mm -hmm. and, you know, I was still going through that. And I, and I think I've learned that some of that is a, a thing that you, you continue to process long after you 
have any desire to be with the other person, right? Long, long after you've come to that conclusion that that's not for you, it's not going to work, that all of those things, right? There's still so much uh, damage and trauma and wounding and unpacking and loss of identity. And when you throw kids into them, I mean, there's so much to process that in my mind, I was like, I need to do that completely alone. That's the healthy thing to be right. That's the, the self-contained whole person that we're all told that we need to be um, before we get into another relationship. And so that was really where I was headed. Plus, I wanted to adventure and I, you know, I didn't want to be managed. I was tired of being tied down. I wanted to be Dakota, right? I wanted to be authentically Dakota. I didn't even know who that was. So um, having said all of that, that moment, to answer your question, um, that was the reason why I broke up. And I just wasn't ready for anything like that. And so my thought was, hey, now Dakota gets to be Dakota, right? Dakota really gets to focus on the things he needs to. There's not a relationship to be kind of in the way of my thought process. Um, There's no one kind of influencing me that gets to just be me and my, you know, my relationship with God and the things that I want to do. And yeah, I might casually date here and there. That would be kind of fun, right? But but I don't, I really need to focus on Dakota and, and, and living out my life in this authentic way that I had planned. The problem was that what I found, and even though that was kind of in a short period in which we were actually broken up, I'd kind of been living in that space in my head for a minute already, right? The problem was, is what I found was that I didn't really do any growing during that time in terms of I just distracted myself the way I always had with every issue that I've ever had, right? What I found was it was easy just to not deal with things because sometimes in relationships, things come up for us, right? In which we actually have to take a look at ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what I saw that I was going to do and the path I was going to head down was really not do any internal work at all. Um, And so in the process of those, that time period, you know, what came to me is like, Dakota, do you want to go out and spend your life jumping from situation to situation, relationship to relationship, and end up with not having um, known what it is to really to, to uh, bond and connect with someone who really wants to, you know, who's really, uh, what's the word, is really looking to do that same kind of thing and to grow? Um, or, or, you know, do you want, do you really want to just trust God and surrender this? And that's why I was talking earlier about the surrender piece, right? Cause I'm sitting here, Dakota wants, Dakota wants, Dakota wants, whatever Dakota wants, Dakota doesn't even know what that is. Um, and God's like, but this is what you need. This is what you need. This is what you need because this is what I want for you because I love you. And I know what you need and want more than you do. Right. So there was that moment of surrender. Um, yeah, and- that's so beautiful. Like, okay. And that, that's how that kind of all came to be. And he actually, wow. actually said to me all the things that like God had said he Aww. had to say. Like, it's a weird thing. Like, like literally the words were like, I was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, it's been eight days and I was fine. And I was like, because I was surrendered to God. I was being obedient. I was like, God told me to cut off all ties. He's like, all right, I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. I'm just going to trust that God knows what's best for my life. And I'm not going to worry too much about it yeah. because yeah. I don't have to. But right. as, I, as I found out, he was going through a very different kind of uh, struggle. He had a couple of days where he felt really, really free. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days where like 
Yeah, it wasn't the lack of freedom. Like I did feel free in all the things that I wanted to feel and that kind of fun kind of, oh boy, like here's, I get to go like actually live my own life. The problem was that for me, as I've grown older in my life, I've come to understand that sometimes the feeling of happy, well, always the feeling of happy is temporary, right? That's a, that's a thing that goes up and down. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the feeling of happy doesn't necessarily mean um, it's the direction of joy. And um, so, yeah, I was feeling like, yes, I'm out here doing my thing. And, um, but yeah, underneath there's a bigger, there's a bigger picture. It's bigger than me. So. But a few days in, he actually had some struggles where he was up having conversations with me in the middle of the night and I wasn't there. It's true. Yeah. And like, Mm -hmm. like just like missing the, I don't even know what you would call that, but. When you say you weren't there. Like, cause I, we'd been apart. We were apart for eight days. And during that time, he actually, he actually told me like he never even touched or touched another woman. He never even like did anything. Cause he was like in this space where he thought he wanted to have freedom and he went out to, to be yeah. free. And then after a few days of that, he just found himself like laying in bed, having conversations with me and I'm not there. I have Aww. conversations with imaginary people a lot. That's a normal thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Actually, well, I, I think, think we all kind of do. I think I one of the things of what you guys are saying, I, I love, um, you know, I'd say step aside and let God guide. And that's like really just surrendering and knowing that when we truly can tap into our heart and our soul. And, you know, I always say our brain turns into a little hamster wheel and keeps going and going and going. And if we tell our brain just to shh, then we can tap into what God is actually telling all of us. It's just whether or not we listen. And that's of course where we have free will. So the fact that you guys, or a fact Dakota, that you came up with this in eight days, first off, that's very, I mean, I know it must've been eight hard days, but that's a pretty quick turnaround of like yeah. realizing, yeah. you know, like not really struggling with it. You really did surrender. So, so now we got to find out how did you propose? Because she obviously had no idea. <laughs> it's not that romantic. <laughs> it, it wasn't romantic or fancy. Um, like he actually wrote me a really, really long text message after we hadn't, he'd reached out to me a couple of times and I hadn't responded just via email, just like, how are you? How are you doing? Kind of thing. And I was just like, during the same told. days, mm-hmm. during and the I was like, God had told me to like, let it go. And right. so I let it go. And so he sent me this really, really long text message and he was like, you know, you know, God willing, I will propose to you in the most romantic way possible whenever we're in person. But for now, this is it. And he like, so he writes me this message. And that was on the 16th of March. And on the 20th of March, we ran down to the courthouse to get married. Not because that's what we were planning to do. We were actually planning to have this engagement and have this Viking themed wedding. But remember, the coronavirus is getting ramped up and all the courthouses are starting to close. So we're like, we don't really know what to do. And so we'd gone down to get married. We're still going to have that big Viking themed wedding. Yeah. So they just uh, got married this past March. Yeah. I, yeah. Just from the COVID thing. Yeah. So, so you get that text. It's day, it's day. What is it? Day it's, eight It's day eight. And how does that long text affect you? I mean, how long does it take for you to call him, text him back? Do you have to I, contemplate? Do you have to go talk to God and go, God, I need a resp- I need an answer here. I guess now I'm confused. Well, he are, God already told her I until he I was, proposes. I was in absolute shock. In fact, I was like, this is not possible. Well, it's a conflict, right? A couple of times thinking I was asleep. Like, I, this couldn't be real. Like, this is so strange because I had let it go. I had let it go right. thinking that, there's no possibility. So to me, it was a miracle 
that he even heard, not just heard the message, but heard it in the exact wording that I, I had heard and that I had never told anyone. That was what was really crazy. I never, my friends literally were like, why isn't she more angry? Why isn't she more upset? Why is she just okay? And I was like, I'm just okay. I'm trusting God and I'm okay. And they were just like, I was just going out, hanging out with my friends. I went out with some ex that I used to date. I was like, I, in this eight days, I'm out partying and having a good time. And like, literally I'm like hanging out at the gym and going on runs with people and hanging out with my personal trainer. I mean, like I was having a great time. <laughs> uh, was going, geez, you could have missed me a little bit. <laughs> and I was happy with the thing. Well, I, I, but, 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 you know, it wasn't that. It was that I had I know. decided to be obedient to God yeah. and to surrender to God. And in that, was this peace that came over me. And so with, with this, when I read it, I didn't have to even think about it. I just wrote back. Yes. Literally. I like texted Aww. back. Yes. That was it. No, I mean, as you listen to the story, it, it's so cool because it's so complicated in a simplistic way, yeah. the way you guys have laid it out. And, and I, as I, as I've listened to more of these stories with different people, you start to realize that everybody's lives are complicated in a simplistic way. Absolutely. We are just so busy. I mean, you know, you guys in Colorado, we're in Silicon Valley. I mean, it's on, it's on hyperspeed here and, and, and you notice it. And especially at my age, you start noticing how fast you go and how fast life goes. You go, Oh my God, wait a minute. Did I just, I just went and visited a college buddy of mine. Did, did 30 years just go by like that? I mean, literally is it gone? I said, what happened? And so I love listening to your story because I want listeners to, to go back in their own lives, their own relationships. And even though you had, and I can see how you had, nope, guys, I want to say break up. You got to cut it off for good. And it's for both of you. It's for both of you to have all of that old die off mm -hmm. so the new could be born. Yeah. And, and it, it completely, I get goosebumps thinking about it, <laughs> because it completely makes sense in, in my head. I love the fact that you guys reference God because I do. I love the fact that you got both messages because I have. Uh, so is Alicia. So when that's happened to people, it, it's, it's not a stretch. I know some people might go, oh, oh, great. Here's another one. You know, oh yeah. Why are they so lucky? I never got that lucky. God never talks to me. And I, I would be like, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, believe me, you've been talked to a thousand times. We are just oblivious to it. Yeah. And I know because I used to be oblivious to it. I know. Yeah. Wait, until me, then you, I, I woke you up a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, you were, you were getting your, your messages, but you really started, you started connecting your own dots because, and that's what, that's ultimately why we're doing this podcast and why we wanted to look at this true divine design that weaves us, that interweaves us together. Because, I mean, it's just one little direction off and it can just ultimately change the entire trajectory of where we are meant to go in our lives. And by listening truly to that inner knowing, we say God, but whatever our listeners connect to, that's all you have to do is just listen to that and you will hear the messages either through the, the signs and synchronicities or myronies that show up. Or, you know, it's just, it, it's so incredible when we can pay attention. So your story is just, thank you so much for sharing that. Like, that's just amazing. We can't wait to know more about the Viking wedding. We'll have to have you guys back. But I do want to also have you guys share about Spirit Warriors, because this is incredible, Todd. You got to check this one out. I do want to hear. And, and just real quick, because part two was so powerful. Is there a part three, by the way, that <laughs> wait, I don't want to make sure we miss anything. 
you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. that was that was really good. I mean, I just know. so you guys know, that was really good. You still don't beat the Bermuda Triangle story because well, that saved five people's saved lives. Five people's but, lives you know, is different. But that was a really beautiful. You guys are number two right now. <laughs> this this story could save a lot of marriages. It could save a yeah, absolutely. Or create a lot of marriages or create That's a lot of soul. Right. That's really what it boils down to. You know that that, that soulmate thing. Um, I, I think in our society we can tend to to label it in such a way or define soulmate in such a way that that evokes these always these kind of thoughts of just like amazing romance and amazing you know all the the lights blinking and flashing out and that's good and that's cool right but sometimes you know there's there because once that the lights go away and the, and the blinking flashy signs go away in that kind of hyper romance romantic type soulmate situation um, you still ought to do life, right? You still have yeah. to, that that stuff goes away and you have to be able to find that space of, of commitment, joy, growth, all of those things that come that provide deep joy. So um, yeah, I think that's just it. It is about surrender. Um, and, 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 you know, I'm going to add a little to that Dakota because you guys are newlyweds, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and for me, I mean, we're going to pretend it's the first time newlyweds. And I will tell you what works for me and my soulmate. The simplest things, you know what, you know what we do when my wife's car, my car is, has an empty tank of gas. Mm -hmm. We go to the gas station together. You know what happens when we, when uh, the, we need a, a gallon of milk or, or a coffee creamer, we go to the grocery store together. That is so sweet. We virtually, and we, we, we've been doing it for so long now. It's our normal. It's like, we want to do it together. It's not a chore. It is a, it is a wanting. That is one of that's, the sweetest that's things my I've advice, ever heard. That's my advice to the newlyweds here. I, I love that because I always say that I don't I don't want Hollywood romance and I don't want, you know, all that that crazy stuff. I just want kitchen sink love. I just want the person that's gonna stand next to me and do the dishes together. It's true. Absolutely. It's true. Well, and what's so interesting is that it sounds like you guys are, even though you're newly married, you literally are saving marriages right now. And that's what we're gonna talk well, about next through definitely have them talk about spirit warrior yeah right? no that's yes. what i want to we, we want to go into this because this is so powerful and please yeah. dakota please explain well i i guess to summarize uh to start just to summarize i i, I usually say that um i i lead guys into primal environments to create space for them to be both masculine and vulnerable so it's kind of where masculinity and vulnerability um, meet spirituality. And, um, and there's a, there, you know, there's something about getting out into the woods, if you will, or wherever it doesn't have to be the woods, but into nature. And when I say nature, you know, I'm not saying necessarily just the nearest campground. Um, it's, you know, either a backpack type situation or, or off-road type situation where there's not a real good backup plan if things don't go well. Um, and, you know, you can do it in a lot of things. But what I found, no matter kind of what you look at in whatever spiritual tradition that you, you, you look at, some of the greatest stories and some of the greatest lessons don't take place inside of, you know, a temple or don't take place inside of some kind of sanitized environment. They take place on dirty, dusty, dangerous roads around smoky campfires or on mountaintops. Or, so, so for me, and especially just from a guy's standpoint, um, 
as I've journeyed through some of my own pain, like the, the, the only thing that has brought me back to understanding really who is Dakota has been that, that nature piece. And a lot of people say that, right? Like, and it's true. I get out, I get connected to God through nature. And I think that's super important. However, what I found is um, it's also easy to be distracted by nature um, and to go and get that kind of healing feeling, right? And then walk back into society and it's right back to the same all, right? So for spirit warriors, it's really been about what does it mean to be authentic? Because that's an area where I've struggled with a lot of my life. It didn't mean I wasn't intending to be authentic. What it meant was is I saw what other people approved of got that kind of connection and that bond going emotionally with other people and would do more of that. Underneath though, there's still an authentic Dakota who then has this challenge, right? I know who I am, but I don't know how to connect who I am authentically to the other person. So I will project as much of me as feels comfortable and as much of me that will get some level of approval um, and, and, in my mind, the ends justify the means, right? And that then I can maybe share something with them or teach them something or receive something back from them in a way that you create relationships. So that was a lot. That was a monologue. Um, <laughs> but Good what it really boils down to is this. Um, with Spirit Warriors, we, we go out and and we focus on a couple of things. One is survival training and the survival training is an intense survival training. It's basic, right? It's shelter building. It's fire starting with the ferro rod. It's setting snares. It's plant foraging. Um, but it's only part of it because what I found is when you get into that environment, you already have a little bit of a sense of vulnerability because people say that they camp and a lot of people do and some people backpack, right? But for the most part, um, what I've tended to hear is like, yeah, you know, I'll get out there and camp bears. They don't bother me at all. Like it, it's fine. Right. But it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it and how, how safe a black bear is when you're sleeping 50 yards from where that black bear poops, um, your head's going to be on a swivel at night. Why? Because you're not the top of the food chain anymore. So when we get guys into those environments and they have this ability to work together, it kind of removes the us versus them mentality. And I think if I could say what, you know, a core mission of mine is, is to remove the us versus them mentality, both between guys and between men and women. Recognizing like between men and women, there are two very um, different energies that can complement each other. And there's uniqueness to both that are really important in gifts. But from the standpoint of, um, of how we relate to, there's this, if we can be authentic in who we are, um, people are going to respond to that. And um, so we do spiritual work, we do emotional work, we do psychological work with some specific tool sets. And the concept is to bring us from a base of feeling powerless to being empowered. And a lot of that comes from taking responsibility for and accountability for pretty much everything that's happened in our life. Wow. wow. That's and incredible work. Yeah, and um, how can uh, our listeners find out about Spirit Warriors? Like, what's the best way to contact you? And Yeah, um, it's just uh, spiritwarriors.life. Oh, I love well, I that. Like that dot dot life. Life <laughs> yes. Well, we'll have it in the show notes, of course, too. But, like, that's incredible. And, and how long are the, these, uh, these outings that you go on? 
You know, it, it's funny. It just kind of ended up for the most part being a, a four day, three night kind of a deal. Um, and there's, there's some interesting science behind that, that I didn't even realize until after the fact, but um, it's, a little it's irony. <laughs> right. So, but I, yeah, it, that, that, it is three, three, three nights and four days. And we do an online mastermind um, thing as well, virtually. But wow. um, yeah, you know, when I think of warriors, I, I don't think anymore of people out swinging their swords. Um, yeah. That's what I used to think, you know, enemies falling on every side. But what tends to happen, you know, if we go into battle without kind of any understanding of what peace is, we blindly swing our swords and we end up cutting other people and cutting ourselves because we don't really understand what the purpose of the mission is. And so now when I think of a warrior, it's how, how is that warrior sitting around the campfire at night after the losses of the day and the victories of the day and those who they lost in battle and find the, the level of peace it takes to sleep and do it again tomorrow. Um, that's really where the battle takes place, right? Is in the mind and the heart. Very well said, very well said. I can resonate that as an outdoorsy family as we are, um, it, it, I see it all. As you're talking, I'm watching. I'm watching. My eyes are going through the northern woods of Michigan where my grandfather started a camp back in the, I don't know, 1940s or 50s. And our whole family, we still go. Yeah. And, and you sit there. I sit there for hours and watch the snowfall without a sound. I mean, Aren't you going in November? Is I'm going next you're month, going? yeah. We go every year. Yeah. And uh, so I get it. So you're talking. I'm visualizing the woods and the snow falling and just it's it, – it, the beauty is incredible. The connection. I wish it were warm enough where I'd go bare feet. You know, I'm just not, some people can. Wim Hof can do it. I can't do it. But <laughs> when you say that, because that's actually the sound of silence. Like, yes. Silence is that moment when you are out and it's snowing and you look around and it looks almost like daylight, even though it's nighttime. Yeah. You can't hear anything. Right. Right. You watch it. You watch it landing on trees and there's no noise. It's, it's, it's such beauty at, at its finest. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. I love the warrior thing. I, I that, that's just really cool because it makes sense. And what that guy, what that warrior gets is wisdom, right? Yeah, you know. And just to finalize on that, I, I think so often, as I looked at it, I mean, nature will do a lot for you, right? It, it automatically puts people into a space. But, but what I what I really want for guys to take away from that is to be able to walk through life proactively as opposed to reactively. Sure. So it's so much more than getting out there and doing the survival stuff. And that's some of the tools that we work on specifically speak to that and move in that direction, because I'm not going to change, um, fully change. I have, I mean, I'm 43 years old and I'm still figuring this out. So it's not like those four days, you know, someone's going to walk out and be like, Hey, I'm done. I'm good. I'm completely better. <laughs> now, right? But it is designed to create tool sets that allow them to carry that forward. Because yeah. I think so often, as guys, we just, we walk through, we have these fears and these things inside of us that we don't even know. So when a, a spouse or a partner comes up to us and projects their own fear, expresses their fear, right? We either lock down, we either react with anger, we either react with our own level of fear. But if we know and we're clear on what our mission is and what our purpose is, then we will draw the people to us and be able to love them in the way that they would want to be loved, but they can't even really speak to because they're not in our head. So... Well said. Well said. I'm on that same journey and it's been, I think this is my 15th year and I'm still chipping away at it. Oh, yeah. you, you just do. I mean, and, and I really, now I don't know 
15 years ago, I don't think I would have said I would be chipping away at this for the rest of my life. I thought there would be an ending, right? Like, oh, and now I live happily ever after. But the journey is the happy part. And now I've realized that it's, oh, no, every day you're chipping away. Yeah. And, we like to say that, and we, we took this from Rick Warren, we like to say marriage isn't meant to make you happy. It's meant to make you holy. Yeah. Aww. Right? Yeah. Holy. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, that is such, you guys. I, I, I don't can't make Alicia get over. cry. I know. I cry, cry, I cry all the time, tires. but like, that was just such a beautiful <laughs> share. Like, I love really your love story, but it, it is one of those stories that actually, I mean, talk about real and authentic. And it is so true, you know, sometimes, and I will say, sometimes it's those, those soul connections that we have to grow together to really grow together. And the fact that God asked you guys to take that time apart. And like you said, let everything else go so that you're like fresh moving forward. It's just, it's just incredible. Like what a beautiful story. So yeah. thank you so and, much for sharing that. And to have that knowledge to bring to a brand new marriage yeah. is is so incredible. I know because I have that kind of thought process now, but I didn't when I first got married. Mm. So thankfully we've been able to muddle through things and, and, and grow with that kind of spirituality that you guys have right out of the gate. My hat is off to you because it's a, it's just such a rarity anymore, uh, yeah. but it doesn't have to be. It doesn't no, have to be. That's the one thing that's great about your podcast because it doesn't have to be. People can learn this from you and, and then bring that home. Well, they're po so. Are you guys doing a podcast too, or like you you do online networking? You guys really should do a podcast if you're not. Yeah. <laughs> we are, we're actually planning to. We actually were. Uh, we have a friend named Ryan Starr who founded something called Station Head. And Station Head, do you remember the movie Pump Up the Volume? Yeah. Yeah. So it basically lets you be your own like kind of pirate DJ, but you can also start uh, talk shows and things like that. So we're going to dive into a little bit of that, but we're also going to do maybe a more traditional podcast as well. But we've been talking to couples and it has been awesome because that has been a way to, um, to see, I think, to see better why God brought us together, like what Absolutely. it is about us that that works and that BC and it's not perfect. Right. Like that's the best part. Like it's not, yeah, that's God winking. Can't God, be. I can't do it with my finger, but God winking still can't do it. But well, anyway, <laughs> cause I think that the, the, the lack of perfectness, which it probably is perfect by the way, it's just not seemingly perfect when, when people look at the storybook fairy tale that we've been told as children, right? Yeah, right. Cinderella story and things like that. But if you're, if your story were perfect right out of the gate, uh, people wouldn't believe you and they wouldn't listen to you. Mm -hmm. Now, when you have all these people that are screwed up, like all of us, I always consider myself screwed up. So if anybody says they're not screwed up, they're lying. Right? Oh, I'm super screwed up. <laughs> right, right. And, and so when you have a screwed up story, it's, it's even better. And I'm using that facetiously and loosely. It's even better because more people can relate to it. And then all of a sudden you can help them. Otherwise they get disconnected. Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't learn during the good times. We learn through the hard times. It's through the ugliest yeah. parts of our story that most people will usually connect to. And then when they hear the good side, they're like, oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I and think, <laughs> I think, I think we have a beginning, like an opening little part of the monologue for your, um, uh, your podcast or your talk show. And that is your guys are going to hear this because our story is perfect. That's the hook. Like what? <laughs> there you go. That's free advice, by the way. It's free advice. <laughs> 
funny because you said earlier you're talking about free will, free will versus determinism, right? Mm-hmm. So God has this plan for us, but we have free will. And how do you? People think they're mutually exclusive, and they're not. The way that it works is God has a plan. You're going to ultimately get to the same place no matter what what you do. Right. Yeah. The question is, how much suffering are you going to have on the journey to get there? Yeah. Exactly right. Suffering comes when we ignore those myronies, right? The, those myronistic moments. When we ignore that, we often lead ourselves down paths of suffering. Right. Absolutely. That's right. And as we all become more and more aware of it, we can go back to our childhood and go, damn, I took the wrong turn there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't want to make that turn again. But even yeah. though, even if you take even that wrong right. turn, eventually, as long as you start yeah. following, you get back on the path, on that path. And yeah. so, yeah. yeah, I think that's why it's so powerful too. And this is something we work on in Spirit Warriors. And I've been fortunate to, to learn some of this from a, from a really a, a therapist who became a close friend of mine um, over the years. And, and that is when we can observe those things, compassionately so without judging them because right if we're judging ourselves i can guarantee we're going to judge others right Mm -hmm. but it's so easy for us to look and like man i should have done that different and that that maybe would have been a better um a a path of less resistance but if i can look at what's going on in my life today and 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 even in the past and decisions with that level of compassion so really look at it and curiously observe like huh that happened um you know what 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 came from that right and um, i'm afraid of this well what's the worst that's going to happen if this happens right and that kind of uh, ability to uh, detach from the outcome if you will so that curiosity creates so much more growth for myself because then i don't really have to manage or control it it just is and therefore i can respond to it as opposed to react to it Absolutely. It's one of those things, if we think before we act, instead of just react, how much further we can move along and, and, and that side of compassion, if we can come from that place of compassion versus judgment, because there's only two sides of the coin, ultimately, love and fear and everything in between. And so when we can look at people who are struggling or even people who we call quote unquote monsters or the worst people in the world, but we look at them at the equivalent of say, a two-year-old or a three-year-old in their spiritual evolution. Can we get mad at a two or three-year-old? No, they're just having a tantrum because they don't have the awareness. And so when we can come from that place and we can show others how they can come from that place too. And, and it's amazing what you're doing, Dakota and Erica together, you know, to, to help couples, but you know, also men, it is true. You guys don't get to have these heart to heart conversations. I mean, girls, we've been doing it for, Long time. <laughs> <laughs> not to mention, uh, not to mention, it's got a pretty cool ring to it too, right? Spiritual warrior. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, there are like so that. many examples of that, and that's a whole other podcast. But there's there's so much you can look at and and start to dig into. What does that really look like? Right. Absolutely. Well. Well, thank you guys very much. This has been eye-opening, enlightening. Um, I, I'm not going inspiring. to- Inspiring. Uh, un, unbelievably inspiring, uh, educational. And I mean, in so many ways and, and will definitely help so many people. I'm certainly not going to be like Alicia and say one of these shows are better than another because I'm starting to <laughs> like this one a lot. No, absolutely. So. <laughs> it's just in a funny way that- I know, I know. But that is, no, but seriously, this is such a God-inspired and that the God- and literally yeah. God winking behind us in our in our logo 
and the that that connection is just so beautiful and, and it's great that they're all so different because are. then eventually you're going to start resonating with all walks of life everywhere mm -hmm. because Absolutely. the stories will start being similar sure the car may be a different color and the street name may be different and the weather might be different but by and large however i gotta say i don't know how many exes would pick out the future wife that, right on right some so like we're just gonna i know it's pretty cool yeah that's beyond cool but eventually so, we might find out because people oh my ex did this oh my ex did that i mean we might find yeah, that out down the road. Who knows? Who knows? so any listeners if you have a story like this we want to hear it go to <laughs> so don't so i guess the point is don't always necessarily kick the ex to the curb you no. might need that <laughs> there you go I would say don't do that necessarily. Period. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, it has to be that way. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you all very much. And thank you to all the of the um, the tribe here at That's Myrony podcast on this uh, Soulmate September series. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we'll see and you all. What? Oh, I was just going to say, check out, it's spiritwarriors.live, right? Awesome. And is there any other... Any other uh, social media you social wanna... media you want to connect to on that? Yeah, I mean, there's Spirit Warriors is there's a Spirit Warriors Facebook page, but I think if you go to spiritwarriors.life, that'll dot life. I'm sorry, I see. I even said it wrong. No, you, no, said, you right. said dot life. You said oh, okay. dot life. Yeah, I which is pretty it. good. That's a good memory because I didn't <laughs> remember that part. Well, we definitely want everyone to check out spiritwarriors.life and. You guys, thanks again. This was just awesome. And another fabulous episode of That's My Rooney. <laughs> yes, we'll catch you all next time. Thank you for joining us on That's My Rooney podcast. We hope you enjoyed the Myronic stories shared today and possibly got you to connect to the Myronies in your own life. As you listen to our podcast, you'll start catching signs that are so subtle, but could possibly have the biggest impact on your life, because that's Myrony. Alicia and I wouldn't have created this podcast if it weren't for us paying attention to our own personal Myronies and started connecting those spiritual breadcrumbs. So pay attention to that inner voice and watch Myronies appear in your life, just like the guest in our next episode. And please connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and our website at thatsmyrony.com, where you can share your unbelievable Myronies. We would love for you to share this episode with your friends and family and also comment, like, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember, if something happens that makes you say, hmm, that's ironic. It's not ironic at all. It's Myronic. Now that's Myrony. See you all next time.